Hello, everyone, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Alternate Oscars. I am your host, Gabe Gorn, and with every episode, I, along with a special guest, will be celebrating and awarding our favorite films of each year starting in 1928. We'll discuss our brief thoughts on each film we nominate and comment on the actual Oscar year and some fun details on the ceremony. A few rules we always follow. We'll be strictly following the reminder list of eligible releases. Those can be found on the website at theoscarpost2.com. The amount of categories will also change and evolve over time as a sort of reflection of the Academy's evolution over time. Today, however, we're going to return to the Gene Arthur miniseries that I've had going on sporadically with the Frank Capra classic, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. And my guest today is the consummate Gene Arthur Stan, Palin Ozu. Hi. So. Hello. It's, um, I'm excited to have you on here to talk about probably one of the most iconic films ever. Yes, me too. I love, I love Mrs. Smith Goes to Washington. It's uh, one of my favorites of hers. And I'm very, I'm always very excited to talk about Jean. So yes, <laughs> thank you for having me. So first off, um, how's your day today? How's your day been today? How have you been? Oh yeah, I'm fine. I was um, working a little and um, uh, playing with my cat. And by the yeah, by the way, I have a cat and my roommate isn't home, so maybe he'll just start meowing at some point. And uh, yeah, <laughs> just um, just so you all know. But otherwise, I've been good. Yeah. How about you? <laughs> Doing good. Um, just got back from your status. Um, <laughs> so that was fun. Um, so what I always ask uh, my guests on this um, show, especially mm-hmm. with this miniseries, um, what film or when was your introduction to Gene Arthur? Like when did you Ooh. first learn of her, per se? Oh, I was um, actually, I think it was only like two years ago, around that time. I wasn't that into old Hollywood yet. I mean, I was, when I was a teenager, I was really into Audrey Hepburn and stuff and um, like the films from of that era, but I never like watched more than that, to be honest. And at some point, Emily made like this huge list for me, um, Emily or um, Mutual or... Um, that's my cat, by the way, sorry. Um, made this list of old Hollywood films for me, um, recommending me um, all of these films. And I started with My Man Godfrey, which I loved. It was, it was great. I, maybe I should um, put on headphones. Um, just a second, sorry. Okay. I'm very sorry about that. No worries. I hope you can uh, cut that out or something. <laughs> um, 
yeah, uh, she made that list for me. Um, with, uh, yeah, I started out with uh, My Man Godfrey, which I really loved. It was like the first screwball I saw, I think. And I love this. And um, so Emily told me, if you like that, you should maybe watch The Mother Maria. And so I did. That's how it happened. I was immediately in love with her. Like I was so smitten and asked her what other films of hers I should see. And then, yeah, I just started. I just uh, watched one more, two more. And then I just watched her entire filmography and I couldn't stop myself and search for all those uh, lost films. And um, yeah, I have seen like everything you can see of hers, but there is like so many lost films. So many that you can't find anywhere, like they're lost, lost, like so many silence, um, obviously, as all of the old Hollywood favorites of us um, have. But um, Jean just has like like a huge filmography and like a lot of lost films because she did a lot of stuff in the 20s. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Um, that was my introduction to her, the Mother Maria. And yeah, that's how I got into Old Hollywood properly. And that's how Screwballs became my favorite genre of movies. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Fascinating. Um, uh, I would say, um, I don't know if I've said this already on the podcast, but I started becoming more familiar with Jane Arthur like sometime last year when I was really first really getting into um to this old Hollywood into old Hollywood. I watched films like Mr. D's Ghost to Town and Eventually You Can't Take It With You and all the other Jane Arthur classics. And yeah. I've just been hooked on since then. Yeah, she um, has uh, her classics are just wonderful. Like the typical Jean Arthur films are just yeah, there's nothing better to lift your mood. And um, I feel like she also like I don't feel like that I um I know that she also has like a lot of hidden gems, um, which was great to also see. The more you dive into her biography, yeah. But yeah, Mr. Mr. Deeds Goes to Town is just my absolute favorite. And then also the talk of the town and the modern area, obviously, and you can't take it with you. And Mrs. Smith was Washington, <laughs> the devil and Miss Jones. There's just so many good ones. For yeah. sure. Um, so, um, like I said, we're talking about Mr. D. No, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. <laughs> yes. Today. Um, and because I didn't write any notes, I don't even know where to start. Um, it's fine. So the film is about a newly appointed United States senator um, who fights against political, not corrupt political system. Um, I think most people know the basic um, gist of how Mr. Smith goes, um, especially if you're familiar with Frank Capra and the films he made, posted one 
Um, yeah. Most, a lot of them were about an everyman taking on a corrupt system and changing it for the better. Yeah. Yeah, which I love because, um, as you all know, he was a Republican, which um, his films are very socialist. And yeah. Mr. Smith was just like that. And mm. it, I mean, Republicans didn't really like it. Conservatives uh, hated the film. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love that. It's a great film. I mean, it has a lot of patriot patriotism as well, just like Mr. Deeds goes to town, but it's like your typical Capra. Yeah, it's um, very, yeah. it has a lot of love for America and yeah. traditional Americana imagery yeah. and take me out um, to the ball game plays yeah. several times in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, just that whole sequence of uh, Jeff uh, being patriotic and like going uh, through Washington and uh, Going to the Lincoln Memorial, and uh, I don't know, it's just like, I don't, how long does it go on for? Like 10 minutes or something? It just, <laughs> um, yeah, it's very long, and yeah. But otherwise, yeah, it's, it's an amazing movie. I mean, this is sort of off topic, but um, in one of my uh, film classes at college, um, my film professor um, argued that on the political spectrum, one of Capra's later films, It's a Wonderful Life, fell on the conservative side because he mm -hmm. argued for, I don't know the specific words he used, but it argued somehow that the, ba the bank was right and that... Um, George Bailey's just lived this conformist life. Hmm. Um, maybe if you read it that way, but I'm not sure I read it that way. Yeah, me neither. I mean, I can't say much about it. Um, I, I like It's a Wonderful Life. I love it, but of course, I, don't I love it too. Much, uh, I, I don't know much about it otherwise, other than that I watch it like sometimes. I, I mean, it's a film that I don't think about much otherwise, like, other than just, uh, I don't know, enjoying it um, and being sad and uh, watching it on Christmas. But yeah, um, I guess I would have to think about that and like read, read up on it. But um, yeah, but I don't, I mean, Kevin wanted, wanted Jean for the role of Mary. Um, if she had to marry, I would have watched it probably like 10 times already. Um, <laughs> I guess I would, I would be able to say more about it then, but I don't know. I don't know. But that's an interesting point. Um. I do find it interesting that this movie was controversial at the time of its release, which I do get because it might have. It is very. It is progressive for its time. Um, mm -hmm. Like the ideals that it preaches, and it's not subtle about it. 
Yeah. And they just yeah. objected to the unflattering portrayal of uh, the system of government. The mm-hmm. mere idea that it might be corrupt beyond just a couple of people. Yeah. Which is very interesting that they took it that seriously as well. <laughs> because yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, yeah, no. Um, it just, yeah, it is funny that it was taken very seriously. And um, they had like this, uh, they showed this film at like some conservative party or something. Before, like, it wasn't the premiere. Um, I forgot about it, but. Uh, everyone was outraged there and I couldn't believe what they just saw and how Capra portrayed um, the system and <laughs> just yeah it's hilarious thinking about it because I don't think that would happen today <laughs> well um, there is a lot of reactionism from today's conservative politics mm-hmm. um Especially what is going on with the way Republican governors are passing laws against LGBTQ people and and a whole other story. And I don't want to get too off topic, but... Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. I just think that I feel like this is kind of a film that would be taken more like uh, uh, like it seems relatively uh, this film seems relatively tame by today's standards yeah like i feel like it would be um you would take it i don't know just like some silly film arguably idealist yeah i mean the bill jeff is trying to um to i don't know what's the word for that to like get get to like uh to i don't know the word for it right now but um the bill he's proposing is just like it just seems ridiculous um and i feel like it would seem like a silly movie today but yeah it was yeah. very progressive at the time it, i mean you didn't see things like that so yeah and just jean's character and it's uh Saunders, she's just wonderful. What a great character. <laughs> yeah. So, um, James Stewart's character. Um, we're going to get to Gene Arthur for sure, but um, just to at the beginning of the character, Jefferson Smith, is, mm-hmm. starts out as the head of the Boy Rangers, which is really the Boy Scouts, but they're called the Boy Rangers in this movie. And mm-hmm. In the narrative of the movie, his um his naivete about the political system is supposed to make him easy to manipulate. Later, it's proven that he's such a wholesome sincerity um, that he wants to change the system. But I do kind of like the I do like the message that anyone can change uh, can make a change in the right position and the right people mm. yeah i agree 
uh, yeah, especially because, yeah, especially because he's he's that naive and he's that uh, he doesn't know anything. And I mean, they're trying to use his um, naive naivety <laughs> um, to get what they want, and um, it doesn't work out. But it's very, it's I don't know, it's really cool to see to see someone like that and um, trying to make change and um, succeeding and doing what it does, like it does pay off to be idealistic and um, to believe, I guess, and um, wanting to change things. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> so, um, I guess we can get Jean Arpin because she was top billed in this um, movie ahead of James Stewart, um, which makes sense because she was more well known at the time. Her mm -hmm. character is Clarissa Saunders, Joseph Payne's Senate uh, secretary, um, and she's basically tasked with keeping um, Smith busy and serving as aid of sorts or manipulator of sorts. And if I'm comparing it to her role in Mr. Deeds Goes to Town, I'd say it's similar in some ways, but mm -hmm. there's an extra dimension here um, as She's acting more clearly on behalf of somebody at the start. And she gets to play on the more cynical side. Mm -hmm. She gets um, a lot of opportunities to say a lot of sardon uh, sardonic and sassy one-liners. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Clarissa is just <laughs> wonderful. I, I, babe, babe as well. I love both characters. Um, mm -hmm. And there's definitely a few similarities, especially with uh, the character of, uh, yeah, especially because um, Jimmy and Gary's characters, which is also funny because um, Kebra wanted Gary for the role of uh, Jeff Smith. And um, then we would have had like the movie team again and had pretty much Mr. Deeds, but just different. Um, yeah, uh, she does, she's very snarky and um, she's very tired of like the system as well. And um, and then she has to like, have, yeah, she has to babysit this man who doesn't know anything about politics and teaching stuff. And um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and I just, yeah, the venture between them is just great to see. And also that scene of her being drunk, it's just, <laughs> iconic like everyone loves it Gina yeah Gina's just so good at it and um like she's at the top of her game and I, I just wish there was way more of her in the movie because I don't think there is enough like there's way too many scenes and sequences that just like could have been cut especially like the whole 10 minute uh sequence of Jeff being patriotic and I don't know all those other characters because <laughs> Because, I mean, I just want to see some of those. I agree we could have used more of um, Clarissa Saunders' point of view. And... Yes. And more of how she... More of how she 
bonds per se with uh Smith. Yes. And I... they both grow as a result of working with each other. I think what the movie shows is fine, but could have delved more into that. Yes. I mean, uh, where's the kiss? <laughs> like, <laughs> why is there no kiss at the end? <laughs> I mean, it's so mean. And ah, uh, um, didn't they like also cut that uh, scene of her meeting Jeff's mom? I, yeah, I think I read that, and I don't know. It's just like it's so unfair. <laughs> yeah, we could have gotten this. Uh, yeah, the kissing scene at the end, and like way more of them together. Um, yeah, just generally more more of her too, and um. I mean, their dynamic was like what made the movie, in my opinion. And I just, I really love Jimmy and Jean uh, together anyway. Like they're my favorite, um, yeah, favorite duo, favorite. Um, yeah, Jimmy's like my favorite leading man of hers. You can't deny that like Joel is objectively her best leading man, but my personal favorite is definitely Jimmy. And yeah, I love them together. Um, I just think they make such a wonderful couple. and. Um, and I also love like comparing it to You Can't Take It With You uh, and have, and I feel like they're so different and You Can't Take It With You, more like Jean is very different in both. She's just, I feel like <laughs> Jimmy stays the same in both and Jean just grows up within a year or something. And I don't know, Alice and Clarissa are just very different, but yeah. I love both both ships, both couples a lot. And I just I'm just very glad this movie exists <laughs> and this genius. I mean, yeah, she should have been nominated for two, by the way. I don't know yeah, what the authors have against her, honestly. The way that she only had been nominated for the Mother Mary is very uh insane. <laughs> offensive. And yeah, it's insane. And it's not like she was like a no name. She was one of the biggest stars of her generation. Yeah, exactly. Like she's one of the screwball heroines of her time, not of her time, like generally. Maybe it has something to do with her. Oh, kind of cutting. Okay. Um, maybe it has something to do. You're gone for a second. Oh, hold on, let me check my internet. Just give me a moment. Okay. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Maybe it has something to do with her being notoriously publicity shy and yeah. just kind of shy in general. Yeah, she had a lot of anxiety issues, and uh, yeah, she was very hard to deal with, uh, especially on set and stuff. And uh, I mean, she was she was Kepler's favorite actress, but she also said that she like constantly had to like run into her dressing room and stuff after takes and would cry and stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, she was very shy. That's true. And I also think it's because maybe, I mean, she had like this, uh, this thing, this uh, weird, um, weird beef 
or something with Harry Cohn. I mean, they really didn't like each other, uh, which I think could also be a reason why she was never considered by the academy. Um, I think I, I think she like maybe she made like a lot of enemies <laughs> for being just herself. I don't know. Which is very sad because she deserved like an Academy Award. And, like being being recognized for her talent and for the things she did and for the characters she played. Definitely. Very sad. <laughs> yeah. It's sad. And like I mean she wanted to get out of the contract like very badly <laughs> um, in the beginning of the 40s. And she tried like everything so yeah I don't know yeah I feel like it has a lot to do with Harry Cohen and him not wanting to let her go first and then like yeah yeah I don't know yeah like most of the studio heads were just awful yeah and Harry Cohen maybe the worst yeah between him and Louis Mayer yeah yeah Oh God, yeah, I heard stories about him too. <laughs> so bad. Um, so, the big climax of the movie centers around a filibuster meant to at least postpone, um, I think, an appropriations bill framed by the Taylor political machine and unsupported by Senator Payne. Um, and how do I describe how I feel about this? I think the whole, I think the climax of the film might not have worked or not for the way Stuart acted it out. Mm-hmm. Like his hair not only makes him look squat, um, but yeah, um, his sweaty, greasy hair and his haggard expressions. He, convinces you that he hasn't been sleeping, reading, or drinking for days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's and sweet. just the way he's able to convey his flustered emotions is maybe the most iconic is it the most iconic part of the movie? I think it is. It is, yeah. I mean, the whole filibuster um, scene is very intense. Um, every time I watch it, I, <laughs> I just, I don't know. It's just very like I feel myself intensify and your um, stuff because he's very good at it and he does an amazing job, <laughs> honestly. And then and then he like falls to the ground and it's very. I mean, it's very dramatic, but it's like, yeah, this is, it's, it makes sense. And 
um, of course this is gonna happen and yeah it's very good I love how we can how we can see how how much he's going through it in that moment and ooh. and everyone is on edge and yeah it's 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 a very good scene yeah and then you have like Clarissa all burying and I love that scene. Do you know what makes even just cheering Smith on seem like the best thing ever? And just adore her so much. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then, like, the whole um, scene where she, like, uh, leaves him a note. And I just, yeah. I don't know, I love, I love the scene so much. Yeah. And then yeah, he gets like this glimpse of hope and continues and ah, what a wonderful film. Mm. Um, so the main villain of the movie is um Senator Joseph Payne, played by Claude Rains. He received his first Oscar nomination for this. Um and He's an incredible villain. Yeah. And I like that unlike a lot of the villains we get today, he is actually he actually gets a redemption moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe it's a product of movie of its or maybe it's a product of the movie itself, but Claude Rains is just an incredible actor and he just brings Senator Payne to life mm -hmm. and conveys both the evil side and the good man that he once was and still has an opportunity to become. Yes, at the end there's like a scene where he tries to kill himself and then he like runs yeah he runs into the room and uh confesses all of his uh all of the things he did and yeah it's it's such a good moment and yeah he's definitely amazing in it and um throughout the movie you just like yeah you hate him and I agree, he's definitely a very good actor. And that was a yeah, well-deserved nomination. And I mean, the movie got like 11 Oscar nominations. I think it was, uh, I had like the second most, um, received the second most nominations that year. I um, was just behind Gun with the Wind, Wind, Wind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's all well, well deserved, definitely. I just wish she had gotten a platinum nomination yeah. as well to deserve one, which is crazy that she didn't, considering so many of, yeah, it, got, it had gotten so many nominations. So, yeah. <laughs> I could ramble about this like forever. I guess we could go on to its uh, Academy Award nominations. Um, <laughs> 
we could start by talking about Jean Archer not making it in. Um, the best actress nominees that year were Vivian, the word the winner Vivian Lee got with the win, and the nominees were Betty Davis in Dark Victory, Irene Dunn in Love Affair, Greta Garbo in oh. Ninochka, and Greer Garson in Goodbye Mr. Chips. Mm-hmm. Irene, Irene Dunn would have deserved it as well. Oh. Also, one of my loves. Uh, I mean, Garbo as well for Ninochka, which was insanely good as well. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, like these these are all amazing performances, and Jean just sort of fit right in there as well. I suppose I take out Groove Dark and Goodbye Mr. Chips because that's more of a supporting role. Mm-hmm. We yeah, haven't watched that, so. <laughs> I mean, I love Korea. Yeah. Um. Um, I guess it makes sense that she would be nominated um, because Louis B. Mayer put her in lead and championed her as this great new talent. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this was 1939. That she, wasn't, she wasn't so that popular by then yet. I think she like had her peak in the 40s. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, that's the only. Yeah, I haven't seen it, so I can't comment on that. It's not it. Greg Arson's amazing actress. Did she. But yeah, of course, had like this, this whole four minutes. Yeah. <laughs> when she won her Oscar. Hmm. Um, yeah, but so, and Greta Garbo were like their performances were also amazing. Yeah. So um all his nominations. Um it was nominated for eleven Oscars, outstanding production, best director for Frank Capra, um, mm-hmm. best story, it's only when for Louis R. Foster, Best Screenplay for Sidney Buckman, um, mm-hmm. Best Scoring, the first of many nominations for Dimitri Tiomkin. At least I think that's his first nomination. I think it is. Um, and then Best Sound Recording, Best Art Direction, Best Film Editing. And I think that's it. Oh, also, um, Best Supporting Actor for Claude Rains, Best mm-hmm. Actor for James Stewart, and also Best Supporting Actor for Harry Carey. Yeah, how did I not nominate Jean? It's, it's, it's beyond me. I will never get over Especially this. when they also nominated Harry Carey for yeah. a really small role. <laughs> it's sick. <laughs> well. <sighs> no. It's so weird and insane to me. Yeah. Also, by the way, um, I'm uh, I'm not native in English. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> and and it's very late here right now. So if I'm talking, I don't know if I'm not uh, talking that well. <laughs> it's because of that. So um, my question is um. 
didn't deserve any more wins than what it got, and um, didn't deserve any more nominations. I mean, <laughs> Jane, obviously. Yeah. Um, that's the only, I think that's the only one I would add because, um, I mean, I don't know what, what other categories are there anyway, like besides um, actors. So, I guess it could have gone into cinematography. For some reason, there oh. were only two nominees that year. Oh, Heights yeah. and Stagecoach. Okay, interesting. I mean, yeah, definitely could have um, gotten a nomination for that because the cinematography was, was good, I think. Those views of Washington. <laughs> uh, but otherwise, I can't think of anything. So, um, yeah, Jean just got an elimination, definitely. And that's all I have to add. But as, I mean, Ruth Donnelly was also um, funny in it, but she had like, I don't know, she was only in like the four, um, first five minutes or something. But yeah, I really like her as well. I can't think of anything. Yeah, um, I would say that James Stewart deserved to win Best Actor from this lineup. Who else was on the I'm from the Best Actor lineup. Um, <laughs> but besides that, um, Who yeah, I got in mostly everywhere it could have. Um, but yeah, who, who else was nominated in, uh, that year for this actually? Um, uh, the winner was Robert Donat for Goodbye Mr. Chips, um, oh. Clark Gable and Gone with Wind, Laurence oh. Olivier in Wuthering Heights, and Mickey Rooney and Babes in Arms. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've seen but yeah, to be said, definitely should have won. <laughs> so and like I don't I don't like Mickey Rooney and neither do I. Um at least in baby dogs. Or yeah, anything for that matter. I don't know. <laughs> He's just kinda of there and he yeah. does the shtick in most of these movies. Uh, yeah, and yeah, I'm also, yeah, I also don't like Clark Gable and who else was nominated? Um... Olivier and Wuthering Heights. Oh, um... yeah, okay. Yeah, he's good. So I wanted to get into some production history here because it's actually very interesting. Um, Columbia Pictures originally purchased um, Louis R. Foster's unpublished story. Um, as a vehicle for Ralph Bellamy. Um, if anyone doesn't know who he is, he was Oscar nominated for Sporting Actor for The Awful Truth and um, was in other movies like His Girl Friday, Sunrise at Campobello. I'm reminding you. One moment. But then um, Frank Capra um, signed on as director um, and immediately repurposed it to be a sequel to Mr. D's Ghost Town. Oh, 
called Mr. Deeds Goes to Washington with Gary Cooper reprising his role as Longfellow Deeds. But Cooper was unavailable, so um, Capra then saw it as a vehicle for Jimmy Stewart and Gene Arthur. And Stewart was borrowed from MGM because he was signed to MGM at the time. Um, Capra said of Stewart, I know he would make a hell of a Mr. Smith. He looked like the country kid, the idealist. It was very close to him. Yeah, it, it totally makes sense. As a, I mean, to me in that role, it's just so fitting. I, I also can see Gary because um, obviously Mr. Deeds um, was a similar role, sim yeah, similar role, but Jimmy is great as Jeff. Now I kind of want like um, a Mr. Deeds, Mr. Smith crossover. Um, <laughs> Absolutely, that would be fun. And also I have Jane Arthur and Barbara Stanwyck in it as well. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, meet uh, meet John Doe uh, was like <laughs> meet John Doe also had Gary Cooper and Barbara Stanwyck. Yeah. It, it wasn't the line of that also something like. Uh, Mm, uh, Mr. Deeds, I don't wait. I, I don't remember something about like Mr. Deeds um, in 1940, 40 something. <laughs> when was when was that released? But yeah, Meet Meet John Doe had like yeah was was the exact same as Mr. Deeds, just like um... yeah. Um... Yeah. No. It was yeah. It would be it would be funny to have like Stanny and Gene and Gary Cooper and Jimmy Stewart in the same film. And, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, nineteen forty one. Um. Um. Yeah, it was released in nineteen forty one. Also, um, both Metro Gold, um, in January 1938, both Metro Goldwyn Mayer and Paramount Pictures um, wanted Foster Story censored at the Hayes office. Um, I mean, they submitted Foster Stories to the censors at the Hayes office. Um, they were seemingly both interested in the project before Columbia purchased it. Um, they were, um, we touched on this already, but they were both afraid that um, it would make the country and the government look bad. And yet, after the screenplay had been written and submitted, um, Reed, um, Joseph Green, the head of Met, um, Metro Golden Mayor, took back his statements. Um, because he saw um, Jefferson Smith at, um, as like a paragon of virtue in the American government.
Okay. I'm here. Sorry. Okay, I thought I just saw. Um, I didn't. I just saw you close again or something. So yeah, what do you, um, what do you think of all that? Um. Sorry, what exactly? I, maybe I didn't get like the last part. Oh um, I as I was saying um in January nineteen thirty eight. Both Metro-Golden-Mayer and Paramount Pictures submitted Foster's story to the censors at the Hayes office, um, likely indicating that both studios had an interest in the project before Columbia purchased it. Joseph Breen, um, the head of uh, the Hayes office... Oh, I, missed, I misread the story. Joseph Breen is the head of the Hayes office, not Metro-Golden-Mayer. Um, he warned the studios that it would make America... The whole country and the government looked bad. Um, he saw it as an attack on a democratic form of government. Okay. And that the film of May should make clear that the Senate is made up of a group of fine, upstanding citizens who labor long entirely for the best interests of this nation. Um, but after the screenplay had been written and submitted, um, Marine uh, reversed his statement and said, that it does in fact make America and the government look good, and Jefferson Smith is a paragon of virtue. Interesting. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. What can I say? I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. Interesting. Yeah, because after it got released, um, most of the conservatives didn't think so. So, yeah. Do we know what's what he thought about it after, after the movie got released? Or did he still have the same opinion? Because, uh, I, no, yeah. It's um, yeah, it's funny. I mean, I guess you could always argue, like, um, this is par for the course. <laughs> hmm? Oh, sorry, you go ahead. I don't know, just uh, just the fact that, I mean, Jeff Smith seems like he's, uh, I mean, he, he's very patriotic and stuff, so uh, he could also be, yeah, it's just, so it's, I don't know, it's, it is very interesting because I guess you could have um, both uh, both sides. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not conservative or something, but <laughs> I can, I guess, uh, most most of them either thought that, either thought like that or like that, that some thought he was a good representation for them. <laughs> Some didn't. I'm not sure. And yeah, it's hilarious. I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sometimes I don't really have opinions on things. I'm just like rambling and yeah, just saying words. <laughs> I don't think I have an opinion on that. Besides that, it's a funny story. Um, 
Okay, another thing I found is that the original ending. Um, I was supposed to show, um, Stuart, um, Stuart and Arthur's characters returning to Smith's hometown, where they are met by a pig uh, by a big parade, with yeah. the implication that they are married and starting family. Yeah. In addition, yeah. the tale of political machine is shown being crushed. Smith riding a motorcycle visits Senator Payne and forgives him, and a visit to Smith's mother, uh, Smith's mother is included. Um, <laughs> some of the footage was shown in the trailer. Yeah, there's even pictures of that. Yeah, and clips of that, which is like, yeah, I'm so sad that they cut that out. <laughs> Why? It's so mean. We deserve that. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen those uh, seen uh, those deleted that deleted ending. Yeah, me too. Just to see how it would have fit within the rest of the movie. <laughs> I imagine it would have been a pretty typical Catholic feel-good ending, but it's not like he didn't do that stuff well. Yeah, I, I didn't... I don't understand why you couldn't have like other scenes <laughs> and have, have that still be in there because yeah. I mean we didn't we we didn't get that much of Jeff and Clarissa anyway, so it would have been nice to have like a proper ending of them. I mean, yeah, we their last scene was amazing, but could have had a bit more. Yeah. So, um, as for um, when this movie was released, it was at the Constitution Hall in Washington, D.C., um, sponsored by the National Press Club. And it was this special event, basically. And the Washington press attacked the movie as anti-American and pro-communist because it portrayed the American government as corrupt. And the Capra claimed that some senators walked out of the premiere. But yeah. this is well, this was never made clear, and this was something just claimed by Capra in his autobiography. But it is known that um, the Democratic Senate Majority Leader, at least at, at the time, Alvin W. Barkley, called the film silly and stupid and said that it makes the Senate look like a bunch of crooks and that um, the film was a, dis a grotesque distortion of the Senate. As grotesque as anything I've ever seen. Imagine the Vice President of the United States winking at a, a, at a pretty girl in the gallery in order to encourage a filibuster. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> um... 
Yeah, that is fine. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was written by Sidney Buckman, but the, the poem and wasn't he a communist and um, yeah, he was know, blacklisted in the 50s. Yeah, but, um, but I love that uh, Kepra teamed up with him so much because Kepra is a known Republican. <laughs> and, um, yeah, to have Buckman write his stuff is, uh, that's probably why his films are so good, honestly. And yeah, I guess people just expect that Capra to make a lot of conservative films. And yeah, <laughs> good to get back myself. It's yeah. What do you say? Like maybe that's a great screenplay. And yeah, I guess my theory is kind of like that. That's why Capra put in so many patriotic scenes in his films because they were like this the, the story the screenplay the, yeah the screenplay was very socialist and to even that out a little bit but yeah I don't think I have much more to say on that. Yeah. I guess we can sort of wrap up here. Um, mm -hmm. So, do you have any final sort of thoughts on this movie? Mm, I mean, if I started talking about Jean again, I wouldn't stop. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, my final thoughts are just that she's great, that she's so funny in it. And uh, especially, like, I don't know, Clarissa is just so fun because you would, not, you would not expect her to be the jealous type or something. And then she gets drunk and um, gets a little bit mad at Jeff. And I mean, she also finds, I mean, she knows that they're playing with him. And it's... I think that's, yeah, that's when she's like, uh, she can't have that because he's like so, such a nice person and he's such a good hearted person. And it just makes her go kind of crazy because, yeah. And yeah, what a great character, such a great portrayal of a character. And I could not, like, I, I know why Kepa loves her so much and just wanted her to play the role. Um, and, it does make sense because she's great as Clarissa. Yeah, that drunk scene of hers, wonderful. Just mm -hmm. this, it's all I can say. <laughs> you know, I love you. So, um, thank you so much, Palin, for talking about this movie with me. Um, thank you for having me. I went into a lot of interesting directions in the conversation. So, glad we were able to this meeting about this film yeah so um how can we find you on social media and just on the internet oh i'm i'm on twitter as amalia balash with an s um and i have also the teen archive on twitter and instagram like teen author archive um at the teen archive on twitter and um 
15 other archives on Instagram. And also I have a Lord Young um, account, uh, which is uh, just a Dreams of Loretta, like the at is Dreams of Loretta and uh, the, the name of the account is Loretta Young Source. So yeah, that's where you can find me. And yeah, that's all. Um, and yeah, it was nice talking to you. And again, I'm sorry if I like. Um, no worries. Again, English isn't my first language. So yeah, and I can be a bit nasty when I talk about Jean. I just get like very, very enthusiastic and just start rambling at some point. So I apologize for that. But thank you for having me. It was nice talking to you. And again, sorry for my cat. Awesome. So yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Gabriel Joker. You can find me on Instagram or my Instagram at uh, my name Gabe Warren. Um you can find the Twitter page for Alternate Oscars at Alternate Oscars. I also have a Patreon, a Patreon page that I'll link in the description below. Um, and um, be sure to follow this. Um, be sure to ugh, out of words. Be sure to rate and review this podcast for visibility's sake and subscribe to your choice. So um, subscribe to your choice of server and what else oh of course um until the next episode sit back and relax cheers and enjoy and thank you for listening to the alternate oscars